When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. That's Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing okay. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, it is quite the day, quite the morning. There's a game tonight too. Game on Thursday night against the Sabres that I think is on the back burner because of everything that has been happening uh, this morning. In the span of like you know an hour and a half, the Bruins world was kind of turned upside down in a good way. Uh, we're going to start, obviously... Bruins extend David Pasternak. Bruins also trade for um, Tyler Bertuzzi. We'll start with the Pasternak stuff because that is um, that's been the the longest. That's been simmering the longest. It's been quite a quite a road to that. Bruins extend David Pasternak eight years, eleven point two five million per, um, and ninety million over the course uh, of those uh, eight years. Uh, Connor, your initial reaction. Yeah, I mean, this is something, as you said, has been building up for a while uh, in terms of the Bruins and our extended conversations uh, with J.P. Barry and David Pasternak's associates. And it's one that comes down to, you know, is this probably what the Bruins were expecting they were going to pay when they first started these negotiations last summer? Probably not. I think you're probably looking at more of the Charlie McAvoy, $9.5 million, 10, 10 and a half maybe. Um so I think it did go probably a little bit longer than they expected in terms of both the negotiation and what the annual payout is. But I think in the grand scheme of things, when you look at what this cap hit is, what David Pasternak gives you for the next eight years, um, what he means, especially in the long term, you're looking at, yes, there's no, you can't look past the fact that this team has a bit of an uncertain future when you don't know whether you're going to have Bergeron back and Krejci down the middle go- going forward. That's a given. But I think uh, when you listen to Don Sweeney and Kate Millie speak today, for them, it's all about kind of finding that best foundation moving forward. And if you tell me in the coming years, yes, you need, there's, you can't replace Bergeron and Krejci, right? Like we do know that. But if your foundation moving forward is guys like Pasternak sign long-term, McAvoy, uh, Olmark, we'll see what happens with Swayman, um, Marshan even, who's still playing at a high level, you still have a very good set grouping to build off of and retool moving forward. Like this team isn't, built in the way their their contract is kind of structured to be a team that's going to I think rebuild in the next couple of years are they going to be the cup contender they are right now probably not unless they find another top six center but they are very much structured to be more of a retooling team than a full-on rebuild and even if maybe you paid a little bit more than you were expecting if you're the Bruins going into this I think you take a contract for a guy like Pasternak who's 
going to have 50 goals this year. And I have to imagine it's going to have 50 goals a couple more of these seasons moving forward. I mean, they're just, they're built strong on the wings and they're built on D and they have, you know, they're good in net. The one flaw in the future is what is the future um, for top six centers on this team. But again, I mean, it goes back to, it was never going to be this cheap. I mean, it was never going to be as cheap as I think we all thought it was going to be last year. As as it dragged on, it was pretty obvious this was not going to be a cheap contract. But again, if the cap hopefully goes up the way it should, we'll see what happens with a lot of different variables. But if it does, this contract doesn't look as um, expensive, so to speak. And guess what, Connor? He's worth it. He's worth it. That's the what? thing. He is, he oh, is yeah, worth it. This money. Can you believe it? He is worth it. Uh, and it's in large part, again, think of how many years, Connor, growing up, prior to us having anything, having this platform, prior to us covering the team at all, for a long time, the Bruins did not have a goal score. Even in 2011, they did not have like a, 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 a bona fide goal score. You know, a guy that you could turn to in every situation who would, you know, score you a goal. That's David Pasternak. That's David Pasternak. And, and again, you can't just let that guy walk. You cannot let that guy walk out the door. Um, and, you know, again, it wasn't cheap, $11.25 million per, but, I mean, that's the echelon. You know, he's in the upper echelon of players in the NHL, and he gets paid like it now. So, again, I mean, yeah. you know, they, I, I, I think people have, you know, they might have their, their, you know, have their issues with the money, but it was never, it was never going to be cheap, right? No, it was never going to be cheap. And I think when you look at the, the big picture part of this, yes, they have some, um, they might have some issues in, in the year ahead in terms of, you know, fixing this kind of cap crunch you're staring at where we don't really know what Bergeron and Krejci are going to do, how to deal with those bonus overages. Um, like next year will get tricky. And I think Don Sweeney and Evan Gold and Russell Hockey Ops is going to have their work cut out for them in terms of retooling the scheme on the fly. But I think you look at this contract two, three years down the line when you hope that the salary cap jumps up quite a bit, um, you know, whether it's the fact that, uh, the players are going to be uh, stop paying their escrow in the next year or so. You look at the fact that the cap was already supposed to jump a couple million dollars. Now, again, as you said, there's some factors that have to play out, right? Like we have to see when that escrow is going to get paid off. There's the whole thing with the regional sports networks with like Bally, Bally Sports and a few other places <laughs> that some teams are in a little bit of limbo in terms of that TV money. So that's a domino that needs to fall there. But all in considered, the, the expectation at least is that the cap is going to jump up uh, a good deal in the next couple of years. So you're already looking at, I think Pasta's deal right now makes up about 13.7% of the overall cap on the Bruins, which when you compare it to other uh, teams in the past that have signed guys when it was 20%, 19%, it's already a little bit more manageable in the, the bigger scheme of things. And if in a year or two that ends up being 10% of the cap, the Bruins will live with, live with it for a guy like Pasternak, who again, barring injury, doesn't seem like a guy whose skill set is going to regress in the next couple of years at least, right? Like, let's check, see how it is in 2030, 2031, and see what happens. But um, I think it's fair to assume, Evan, I don't think it's a, a hot take. So I think Pasta is going to hover around 40, 40 goals a season, if that, right? So He also projects well. All the projection models have him consistently being as good as he is for the next five, six, seven years. So again, I think, you know, his game does not, it, it's not something that looks to be declining the way he plays, um, his goal scoring abilities. Um, that's stuff that I think is going to continue with time. Um, and it, it stands with this deal. So it was pretty crazy uh, Thursday morning when uh, the Bertuzzi stuff happened. P people were kind of in a, in a frenzy about that. And then all of a sudden the Bruins tweeted that gif of, um, of Pasternak with the, with the all 
All-Star shades. And I wonder if they filmed that at the All-Star uh, game or whenever it was. And we're like, David, when you re-sign, we're going to tweet this. So let, let's just get out ahead of it. You know, maybe that was uh, what they were thinking. JP Barry. That's what they, that's what they did. That's, <laughs> what, that's what finally got this contract settled. Just sending sending memes to each other. So that's how we settled business in the year of our Lord 2023, Evan. Yes, that's how you and I uh, seal deals between us. It's just memes going back and forth. I also like the photo that the Bruins took of him um, signing the deal and him taking a photo of Sweeney signing the the contract. Like, oh, got to make sure, got to make sure that this is this is really happening. And I think uh, for Bruins fans, it was it was good to see and that it was finally uh, happening. So again, not the only news of the morning. Um, are not bigger news, but more surprising news. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. From the Detroit Red Wings, who famously uh, kind of started that uh, goalie fight brawl in 2018, uh, which was, you know, classic Marchand moment, hitting Jimmy Howard, just, you know, completely bananas type moment. You don't see those anymore. Um, Bruins trade for Tyler Bertuzzi. They give up a 2024 first round pick, which is top 10 protected. They give up a 2025 fourth round pick uh, and Detroit retains 50% of Bertuzzi's cap hit, which was uh, initially just over $4.7 uh, uh, It was right around that. So um, interesting deal. I think this, t- my take on it is I don't know if this happens if Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno don't, you know, get their injuries. Um, I think this yeah. was in large part due to that. Maybe the Bruins would have added a depth, more depth forward um, if that didn't happen. But with Hall going on LTIR, Felino on IR, Feels like this was more of a need. I think all, when this came out before the injury news came down, so I think a lot of people thought, oh my God, they're bolstering up even more. And it's like, yeah, they are, but this was kind of a need with Hall and, and Felino going down. Yeah, I, I think when you factor in any, whether it's in the offseason or during the, during the year, um, when you have something where you have to weigh the cap situation, LTIR, injuries, all that kind of stuff, it's almost like you wait for the other shoe to drop. It's almost like the, the Zaka trade last year and waiting for that extension. And you had a, a hunch that it was because they're working out a contract for Bergeron and Krejci, but you're kind of in that limbo. It's kind of how I think you have to view this Bertuzzi trade, right? Where um, I think at face value in terms of, let's say, Holland, Felino, uh, aren't back, it's still a very good pickup for the Bruins and good on them for instead of being like, all right, we kind of just trudge ahead with what we have on this roster or we get, you know, a guy like, Benino or Bukestad or one of these guys that I think would be a, a good fit, but uh, does help out the team. Um, but, but isn't a guy like Bertuzzi, right? Who's a 30 goal scorer. Um, Last year. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Like it's a clear upgrade in that regard. So even at face value, if you don't have Holland Fino back, I think having Bertuzzi is a huge help. And again, we'll see kind of what happens. Like uh, Don Sweeney wasn't exactly uh, offering a lot of optimism. I think today when it comes to the fact that, I think it's safe to assume that um, Hall and Felino probably won't be back during the regular season. Again, we'll see what happens when we get to the playoffs. This could very well be a similar situation to what Tampa Bay did a few years ago with Kucherov. Um, and the Bruins could start round one and all of a sudden Hall's back and you have a third line of <laughs> Hall, Coyle, Bertuzzi. That's pretty good, right? But even if, if that doesn't happen and the Bruins aren't so fortunate with the injury bug and you are missing one or two of those guys that have been key pieces. Like even if Hall's kind of tailed off a little bit, but you wonder how, you know, this injury has been bothering him uh, over that stretch. There's still two plus players that have helped out tremendously this year. So it is a significant loss. Like let's not get it twisted in terms of, um, you know, weighing the good and the bad here. Um, like I think the Bruins would probably rather 
not have to deal with cap compliancy and all, all this stuff and, and have those two guys in the lineup, the two guys that have been there and helped this team start this record setting pace. But if you're the Bruins and you're trying to maximize this win now window this season, um, you've dealt a bad hand probably the first time all season in terms of uh, these two injuries happening so close to each other. And then you go out and target a guy that was kind of viewed as a potential trade target, but you didn't really know what Detroit was doing to get a guy like Bertuzzi who again, could just be a rental, but for what his talent is and, and how he fits in with, especially guys like Orlov and Hathaway, like Bertuzzi is not really a guy that's going to have seven or eight hits a game like a guy like Hathaway is, but he's a pain in the ass, right? Like he's an agitator. He's got a really good penalty differential. So he does a very good job at getting under the skin of opposing, uh, opposing players. Um, and again, even though he's been kind of injured this year, I think he's got six points in his last seven games has hit 20 goals three times in his career. Like, it's not just a, a spare piece and you're trying to, you know, fix like a, a dent in a car with like a little bit of duct tape, right? Like you're trying to really, uh, you know, improvise on the fly here if you're the Bruins. So good enough for, you know, getting a Delta bad hand and getting a pretty significant piece back, try to address it at least in the short term. A dent on a, a, a duct tape for a dent in a car would be uh, not the greatest of ideas uh, for, for that poor car. Um, but I will say with, with Bertuzzi, it does feel like, again, it's a potential impact forward. Like that's not, as you said, that's not a Benino. That is someone who can come in. I mean, imagine a line of, you know, Bertuzzi, Coyle and Hathaway on the right. I mean, my God, that would cause fits for the poor defenseman on the other team. Um but again, I mean, it's going to be, you know, we'll see what happens with uh, if they decide to extend him. Um, same with Dmitry Orloff, right? Orloff is an impressive defenseman, probably going to command a fair amount of money, especially with how he's how he went in Calgary the other night. He was the only skater that seemed to be uh, there uh, in, in some uh, form or fashion. But again, the thing with Bertuzzi, and I, I think he fits in this lineup well, but the one thing that people keep harping on that I see on Twitter, uh, by the way, I see all the comments um, from people watching live, the, the forward being talked about most is not Bertuzzi or Pasternak. It is Milan Lucic. People are, of course, people, of course. people are outside City Hall asking for Milan Lucic to come back to the Bruins. They are, they are outside Warrior picketing to get Milan Lucic back on the Bruins. And I, I understand it. I, I don't think that's what the need is, but I do think that uh, I understand that, that the people want him back. The good old days of 2011 and the, the big bad Bruins. Um, but uh, the first round picks, it's another first round pick dealt away by Sweeney. Uh, and I think a one thing that a lot of people are saying is, oh my God, you know, they, they're not going to be uh, picking at all in the next couple of years uh, and important, you know, higher picks and they're giving them away and they, you know, they've given away a 2023 and a 2024 at this, at this, um, at this deadline, they're missing their seconds the next two years. Like, and what I would say to that is, first of all, you got to go all in for this year. If this is a last dance, as it has been kind of built out to be, you have to go completely all in chips to the middle of the table. And that's what they've done so far. Um, and I saw, I've seen some, you know, criticism of, um, of, uh, you know, well, if they don't win, what's it going to say about Sweeney? And it's like, well, in my mind, Sweeney, as Marshan said uh, on Thursday, Sweeney and his front office have done everything they can to put this team in the position to succeed. Now it's up to the players. So in the event that the Bruins lose in the second round, third round, cup, whatever, I don't put that, I would never put that on Sweeney. He, you know, they've done everything they can do to get to this point. That would be on the players. Um, and to me, I mean, you're getting 
you're getting legit talent in return. You're not giving up a first for a Barclay Goodrow. You're giving a first for Dmitry Orlov, a top four defenseman. Tyler Bertuzzi, a potential, you know, top six fill-in, you know, previous 30-goal score. Hampus Lindholm last year, right? So, uh, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that there's merit to that argument? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I think, again, if you want to simplify it, it's just, it, it doesn't matter at all if you want a cup. It's all that matters, right? It does, you can look back on it years from now and 10 years and see there's a bit of a gap somewhere where they're not getting a lot of influx of young talent. But uh, if this results in this team with the stakes involved with Bergeron and Krejci hosting another cup, it doesn't matter. And again, no. it's also not to say that the Bruins <laughs> have also like sacrificed – in the, the the long term, we're looking like 10 years down the road. Yeah, I'm sure they probably wish they had a couple of first round picks. But as I kind of noted um, uh, from what Don Sweeney said and what came nearly kind of echoed earlier, this is still a team that, yes, you can't replace Bergeron and Krejci, but acquiring guys by using this draft capital like Lindholm or, or even like Orlov or any of these other players, like this is a team that's built to also contend long term if they're able to sign one of these players. So, um you know, if you tell me that you're going to next and you still have Pasternak and McAvoy and Lindholm and old Mark Swayman, all these other players, that's a pretty good, like starting off point if you're trying to, to retool on the fly. Right. So um, again, in the short term, it doesn't matter if they win a cup, even if you're sacrificing more first round picks. And again, who knows kind of how the, the chips fall in terms of we get to the, the off season, right? Like is, is there money freed up for Orlov? Do they move other pieces that allow them to re-sign a guy like that? They have more money to sign a guy like Pertuzzi if he, uh, you know, performs well here during this playoff run. Like, there's a lot of options, and it definitely helps your case when you have guys already in the room that are going to be part of this cup run in terms of maybe enticing them to stay long term. But the Bruins, at the very least, it's not like these other teams that are, you know, starting from scratch with the rebuild and they're uh, have a lot of really lean years ahead of them. The Bruins have options, right? They have talent in place signed long-term and they have options and other ways to, to retool this system. So whether it's keeping this core and group, um, you also have to look at the fact that one, they're probably going to sign a bunch of college free agents as they always do. That's the big but also, one. <laughs> but also don't forget that um, throughout this process of acquiring all these guys this year, they also didn't relinquish both Lysel and Lori. So you do still have two, blue chip players. You don't know what you have in a guy like Matthew Poitra, but he's a guy that has a lot of promise as well. So you still have some, you know, some blue chips already in, in the prospect pipeline. And if they work out, that's great. You add them to the system or who knows, we could get to next year or this off season. And if Clayton Keller or another young center is available, you still have capital to trade. That's not just a 2026, 20, 27 first round pick, right? You eventually have to stop going further down the timeline to deal first rounders, but all in consider the Bruins have the assets to both rebuild on the fly and also trade more if they need to acquire more, you know, definite NHL talent the next year or so. Yeah, again, I mean, you look at, like, I don't understand the people who think the Bruins are going to be terrible next year. I I, I don't get it. Let's say Krejci and, and, Posh, and Bergeron don't return, right? Let's just say. Obviously, that's a big issue. You got to figure something out with the top six centers. I completely get it. But you do have the wings 
to be fine. Marshan, Pasternak, Hall, DeBrusque. You'll have Lysel, a year older. Um, I would guess Pavlozak would be down the middle, but you know you do have him as well. Um, and then on D, Lindholm, McAvoy, Carlo, Grizzlick, Inet, Ulmark, Swayman, who's an RFA at the end of this year. Um, you know, but so again, like, I, they are they're fine going forward. It's just you need to solidify the middle. We've said this for what two years now, three years now. You need to figure out the future at center. Um, and again, I don't I don't think that that they've done that yet. Um, but again, the, the they're not going to be bad. They didn't like. People shouldn't look at the 2024 uh, draft pick and say, oh my God, guess, you know, that that shit's going to be a lottery pick next year. And, you know, we gave it up, by the way, it's top 10 protected anyway. But to me, I just, I, I think they will be fine. And again, also, if they re-sign Orloff uh, and or Bertuzzi, um, you have that. I, I, we're going way far in the future here. It doesn't, you know, Clifton is going to be due a, a healthy dose of money. I don't know if that's in the cards um, this offseason. We'll see what ends up happening. But as you said, the college free agent route's a thing, and you have Lysel and Lowrise still. You have blue. Ch- you, you have legitimate prospects um, that, you know, you could, you, you never know, and, 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 you know, Brett Harrison as well. So, again, I, I'm not opposed to dealing first, especially, like, look, let's, let's be honest here. Um, under Sweeney, obviously, we've talked a lot about the drafting. Uh, there was a good chunk of time in there where the drafting wasn't great, right? If you're going to deal your first for legitimate players, fine. Like the Lindholm thing was a perfect example. I remember people tweeting last year um, and they're right to do this. You know, when, when the draft was happening and the Bruins didn't have a pick, it's like, well, you know, that's unfortunate and all, but Hampus Lindholm was basically your first round pick, which is a good, that's who you hope your first round pick becomes. Um, and you make the case for Bertuzzi or Dmitry Orloff. And as you said, Connor, as we've said for weeks now, if they win the cup, none of this matters. None of it matters. You won a cup and that's that. Um, and again, I mean, you look at the rest of the East, the Maple Leafs are gearing up. Um, the lightning are doing their thing. The, the devils, Timo Meyer now and the Rangers with Tarasenko and Kane. Um, the Hurricanes are kind of existing. I know they got Pujarvi, they got Shane Goss the spare, so they're ready for a strong cup run. Um, do you? It, I well, we're live for the people because we're all about the people, as you know, Connor. Um, do you have a? Is there a team in the East right now that scares you the most? Still Carolina. Yeah. Even if maybe they haven't made the the most sizable impact yet, and again. They still, we still have some time between now and the deadline. I don't know if there's a, a dark horse that we're not paying attention to that could get moved or, or what have you. But I think when you just look at the system in place, the structure that they play with under Rod Brindamore, um, the way they match up against the Bruins, especially, uh, that's still a team that I think scares anyone. Like they, just the way when they're, when they're clicking and they're uh, attacking on the four check, it almost seems like it's coming in waves. So I think that's still going to be the toughest out again. We'll see. Like, uh, Patrick Kane could go out and score, you know, four or five goals in his first couple of games. And all of a sudden, the Rangers look good because they've got Shesterkin. The Devils are still an upstart team that, um, you know, could make some noise. I mean, there's just so many teams. You're not even looking at Tampa and Toronto who are going to beat the snot out of each other in the first round. Like, there's a lot of teams you really never have seen it before. So many teams think they have a shot and are loading up this year. Um, just, I think, testament to the parity in the league, but also um, impressive that so many teams are also looking at what the Bruins are doing and, like, Let's give it a shot. Like, you can <laughs> just how good the Bruins have been. But um, I think, yeah, if you had to ask me one team, I think it's still the toughest hurdle, probably in the whole NHL. 
I'm going to go with Carolina. I just think that team, when they're on their game, they are a tough out. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I would say Carolina, the well-coached, they play hard. They play a way that uh, a brand of hockey that works in the postseason. A, a dark horse, though, I would say Toronto. Uh, and the only reason I say Toronto is they they boosted up. Um, you can tell with Dubis, they are all in, in a sense, I think for his own job, but also like they're kind of do. I know we make fun of the Maple Leafs a lot, but at some point that team is going to get past the first round. And, you know, if you're facing them in the second, you know, again, they have to get past the second round too. And I still would take the Bruins, but you know, they're a better team than they were um, a month ago. One thing before we go, I want to talk about Chikrin. <laughs> the shoe finally dropped. <laughs> and it was the Ottawa Senators, and they get, like, nothing, n- not much for him, right? I mean, this has been uh, an ongoing thing for years now. Chikrin is a trade deadline legend, and he doesn't go for much. And th- the fact that the Coyotes just did that, and I, I just, it blows my mind. Now, he's in the Atlantic. The Senators, like, on paper, the Senators are not a good bad for them. team. Good like, for the they, Senators like, for making Good for the move. Senators, yeah. Like, uh, good for them. But for the Coyotes, my God, that team is always going to be mired in just living in their own mistakes. It's yeah, it's embarrassing. They're a clown car organization. I mean, you look at just all these all these contract negotiations, all these trade rumors you hear in the past from the Bruins. We're looking at Oliver Ekman Larson, Oliver Ekman Larson, which thank God they did not do that trade because Hamilton oh. home has been significantly better. But <laughs> the biggest hang up there, if you want to know the seven, it's a huge surprise. Uh, Arizona did not want to retain any money. Shocking how that happened. No way. No way. A top, and when they have a top asset like uh, Jacob Chikrin, who signed on a below-market deal for the next two years, the top priority, instead of maximizing picks, is retaining salary so they can go to their <laughs> crappy college campus-ass arena and wither away in the Arizona desert. Uh, not surprised at all to see this team has once again fumbled the bag with a top asset um it's embarrassing that team is literally just now a it's like just like a, a front in terms of that organization for <laughs> dumping uh contracts with guys on ltir who are not going to play a single game in the nhl it's embarrassing that there's just one team that is just literally an asset for other teams and refuse to take on any sort of money or make any effort to be um to be competitive if they somehow tumble into bedard NHL should step in and make sure that guy never plays a single minute for that team because i feel bad for everyone else who has to mire and how crappy that organization is. It's embarrassing. Yeah, I feel bad for like Logan Cooley, who's actually like a really good prospect who ha- was drafted to them last year um, and is looking going, I'm going to that organization. Are you kidding me? Um, so, yeah, I mean, just clown car, as you said. And uh, But good for the Senators. Senators are bolstering yeah. up. I mean, they, I don't think there'll be a threat this year. They're still going to figure out uh, what the deal in net is. Um, but interesting team going on up there. But the Bruins, again, Pasternak, Bertuzzi. Uh, obviously, the future of Hall and Felino kind of hangs in the balance. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening with them. Uh, Connor, what can the people, the good people, the people who j- joined in today and listened to us every week, what can they look forward to from you over at Boston.com? Yeah, we're going to have you covered every every step of the way uh, this Bruin season, whether it be 
recaps, features, columns, uh, breakdowns. We have plenty of stuff already on the Bertuzzi trade, uh, the injuries with Hall and Felino. We'll have a column later on today about Pasternak after this game against the Sabres, which again, yes, there is a Bruins game tonight. Don't forget. <laughs> There's a Bruins um, game. <laughs> yeah, there is a there And they is could a go Bruins for 100 points. Tonight. It's 100 points potentially. Yes. A lot going on today. So we will again have you covered every step of the way with the Bruins. Of course, over at Boston.com, we have you covered on everything else that's going on in, in Boston sports, whether it's the Celtics, Patriots, Red Sox, everything. We have you covered over there, so please read over there at boston.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. And also New England Hockey Journal. A lot of playoffs going on around the, the region. There's a lot going yes, on. Sir. I am moving around quite a bit to different rinks in the region. It's very fun. It's a good time of year. Make sure to go subscribe to us uh, over there. And yeah, that's today's episode of Poke the Bear. I'm very happy for those who got to tune in live, for those who are watching after. Eat, you know, great for you too. And we always love and appreciate your support. And we're, we're always just, just as big a fan as, as you, of you guys, uh, as you are of hopefully us. Uh, but anyways, that is Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week. Uh-huh.